We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. I'm very excited for today's episode as we are doing an interactive tasting room. We do love this a lot. We love it because we get to try different beers and it's fun and scary and interesting all at the same time. And I'm so glad we do this now instead of how we used to do it of just a tasting room. Yep. I love that we get all our beers from Market of Choice. We, I'm gonna, I, I haven't posted it yet, but I'm about to post it on Instagram so you all can find it. It's gonna be so damn hot this weekend. Go to a market of choice, grab these five beers, buckle up, sit down, get through one beer while we're while we're doing it, and drink the whole beer. Press pause on the podcast so you enjoy your beer, and then when you're done and ready to go to the next one, hit play, and you can hang out with us all day. That sounds fantastic to me. Uh, I'll be out on the coast, I think, this weekend for my birthday weekend. So uh, I'll be uh, I'll be out there drinking beers myself, and you guys can be drinking the beers that we had on the podcast. Where today. on the coast are you going? I don't know. It's a surprise. Oh, I like surprises. That's uh, that's actually not true. I really don't like surprises. Uh, I think I like surprises, but I don't like having any sort of control over the plan, which I guess is similar. I I trust my girlfriend. She knows me well enough at this point. We've been dating for nine months at this point. So we kind of know each other to a a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And um, I trust that she's making good choices. Mm -hmm. But there's part of me that's like, I just want to know so I can prepare myself. See, the weirdest thing for me is that I don't love surprises. I don't hate them. I just, they, they make me a little uneasy. The weird thing about it is that I'm such a go with the flow kind of person that you know, it's like, say we're like, I went to the Timbers game on Saturday and say you go to the Timbers game and it's like, well, what are we going to do beforehand? It's like, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll go down there and see if we can grab beer somewhere. Oh, okay. What do you want to do afterwards? I don't know. The same. Like maybe we'll come back up to the neighborhood or stay down there and grab a drink. And I'm like, cool. Sounds great. No plans. Don't know what's going on. I'm totally down with it. But if somebody's like, oh, I know what we're doing. Oh yeah. What are we doing? Can't tell you. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> well, you got to you got to enjoy that on your birthday and actually had fun. I did. I did have a great time. Yes. Yes. So that's why I say I don't I don't hate surprises. It just makes you uncomfortable. They make me uncomfortable and I think it's because I try so hard to be a genuine reactful person that if somebody creates a surprise that I don't necessarily like or I'm not that jazzed about it, I really don't want to lie. The, I don't want to fake it. <laughs> the funny thing for me here is, so my girlfriend is, uh, she she grew up very differently than I did. Mm-hmm. 
I consider myself quite a fancy lad. Uh, I have high expectations pinkies for up. things. Yep, pinkies up. Close and, to the shore. Yep. Uh, and so she said she booked a hotel for me, and I went, uh-oh. Like, we haven't stayed at a hotel together yet. I was like, does she know what I want in a hotel? Like what, the interstate motel on an interstate and failing? You ever seen that place? <laughs> I haven't. They rent it by the hour. Uh, I don't think she would have picked that one. <laughs> but she was like, yeah, I'll get a hotel for like 100 bucks a night. And I was like, no. No. Damn it, woman. We do $450 a night minimum. So With steak dinners not included that don't have prices on the menu. So I was very nervous when she told me. And she was like, Mike, this is the most I've ever spent for a hotel. And I was like... Well, I'm thinking like coast, nice. What did you spend like 300 a night? And she goes, yeah, like about that. And I was like, all right, oh. so it'll be a nice hotel. Okay, cool. And she said she has a fancy dinner coming. And I was all like, right. I'm a fancy guy. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Just the two of you? Just the two of That'll us. That'll be great. It's our very first mini vacation. Just the two of us. Her kids are going to be with dad. Uh, we went to go visit my parents, but that's, you know, visiting family. So this is just the two of us for a couple of days. So that'll be very, very exciting. I don't know where we're going though. We're not going to Cannon Beach, is what she told me. So it'll be a new overnight stay for me on the coast, because that's the only place I've stayed overnight that's out great. there. I've been a couple other places for day trips, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll, I'll have stories to tell next week on the podcast. It's going to be hilarious if she takes you all the way to, like, Coos Bay or Bandon, you know, just a six-hour drive. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that. She said it's going to be a bit of a longer drive, so my guess it's going to be one of the ones that's out by uh, Eugene or Salem. Yeah, uh, maybe like Newport, Lincoln City kind of some, area. Somewhere over there is my guess. Um, okay. And she says she has an itinerary built. So I'm I'm happy not to have to think. I'm mm-hmm. just going and things are going to happen. That sounds about right for a birthday weekend, right? Do you have to drive? Nope. Oh, dude, get loaded in the car, man. It's your birthday weekend, <laughs> dude. Just do it. She's going to pick me up uh, Saturday and we're going to head out. So also, luckily, she booked this before the worst heat wave in Portland history. So, oh, so she got better deals. Yep. Because uh, I saw a buddy who was looking at places in like Seaside. And he said it was like 400 bucks a night minimum. Yeah, well, he, she got better deals, but also before everything sold out. Because you know it's going to be oh, slammed. It's going to be nuts down there. And so uh, just the fact that we have a place to stay, that we have reservations already made, so we'll be good. You Excellent. Know, it's, it's perfect. Excellent. Uh, okay, week in beer. No, first. There you go. Admin, I was about to stop you. Admin out of the way first. You can find the podcast most places you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Odyssey app, Stitcher, Omni, 1080thefan.com. Social media, Instagram.com slash Beers and Us is where you can find us most frequently. I just uh, did an ode to what I'm now retiring as a weekly podcast saying, although Patrick's going to interject it every once in a while, I have a feeling. Uh, I bought a 12-pack of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa, that's awesome, dude. And I put it in on Instagram, and I thought it was a good post. It's tasting good, too. It, is it tasting it's, good? It's tasting good. Yeah. It was I, fairly fresh. It was in a closed box with no date. So I ripped a little bit of the box Whoa. off, and I peeked in under the can, and it was like, uh, it was like April twenty eighth, and I was like, for a pale ale, I we'll accept that for Sierra, for Sierra Nevada. I was like, two months old, okay. They yeah, do make that beer. Good. They do make that beer to be uber shelf sustainable. Yeah, so, so it's it, good for two my months. My thirty sure. forty five days at hoppy stuff, you can probably stretch that a little further. Yeah, so I'm at two months, and it's 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 good. It's tasting good. Uh, I posted this on Instagram as well. This this is my weekend beer. Uh, I went to Topwire for the first time on Saturday this last week. Oh, man. I'm so, so jelly. I now have a new favorite place to drink beer. Yep. I I haven't uh, I haven't drank down there, but I know a lot of the cool people down there. Um, I've been chatting with them over the years just as industry friends, and I can tell real quickly that that has got to be the best beer bar in all of the West Coast. I would say so. Uh and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that with a recency bias. It's you drive in 
to the entrance, and you drive in through the hop field, mm-hmm. and the hops are growing over your car, and then you park, and you walk in. The amount of space is insane. And I was thinking it was Saturday. It was a beautiful day. It was like 81 degrees, and I was like, it's going to be packed. We might have to wait, right? COVID, you've got spaced out tables. We got there. It was very busy. There were still like 15, 20 tables left. They had so many good beers on, on tap. Uh, I had a Grains of Wrath beer that they made with Crosby Hop Farms. All the beers that they have on tap are Crosby Hop Farm beers. Not that they brewed themselves, but that are using their hops. Yep, yep. And Grains of Wrath is doing a series all summer long with them. So I think now they're on volume two, and they should be probably four or five beers all summer long. I think it was volume... fresh hop, I imagine, as well. I think it was volume two that I had. It was delightful. Uh, There was a Thunder Island beer that they did as a collab with them. That was really, really good. And I had a Ruse IPA that was made with uh, their hops. That was also very good. So I had three beers. Uh, It was me and my roommate and one of his friends. We must have stayed there for like four hours. We didn't want to leave. Yeah. It was just one of those like, why would we ever leave this glorious Mm -hmm. place of beer? And it's only 40 miles south. Yeah. That's the thing is the thing I didn't think about was it's a 30 minute, 40 minute drive, which is why even though on a beautiful Saturday, it wasn't slammed Mm -hmm. because not a lot of people are willing to make that drive. Right. If you have not gone to top wire and you're willing to make the drive down to Woodburn, it is seriously the my favorite place in the state, at least to drink a beer. And it's just behind the, uh, outlet mall. Mm -hmm. So you get off the exit. It's really easy to get to from I five. You go past the outlet mall, you make a right and then you're on that street and you make a left and you're right there. It's like literally right behind the outlet mall. So it's super easy to get to, uh, you know, we had some traffic. It was still 45 minutes and God, I could have stayed there all day. Yeah. And, and what, what's so great about that place, the goal is, if I pull back the curtain a little bit, the goal is, is to take fresh Hop this season with the podcast to a whole new level. And, uh, it starts with the kids at Crosby. I would like to do a podcast on location with them, and I'm pretty sure that I don't want to speak for them, but in conversations I've had in the past, they're very open to that, and that could even grow to maybe doing something at Goshi and Sodbuster and just do a whole bunch of cool fresh hop series down there. That would be fantastic. Because hop farms, it, it, and the, the coolest thing about Crosby, and this is why I love Crosby hops so much, it's it's not that their hops are necessarily better than Sodbuster or Gochi or BSG or YCH or all the all the hop companies you can find, or Coleman, and, but it... What they have done is they have made their brand noteworthy. Mm -hmm. Like you see people, I own one, but I'm in the industry. But I see people that are just randomly, random beer drinkers, not in a top wire hat, in a Crosby hop farm hat. Like people don't, people might know hop farms, but they don't. They don't publicize them. They don't give them free commercializing by wearing their gear. And so Crosby, and I've said this to them a thousand times, like everyone knows who they are. And that is an, a, a genius business practice. Yeah, it it's really cool branding by itself for Topwire. And then just everything about it was, was like five star. It was such a good experience. The beers were great. They have food there. At your table, there's a menu of a food truck that if you call, they will deliver it to the top wire for you. what? Uh, It was like a little like taco truck and you could, there was like a pickup table and they would, you would call the number, you would order it. I didn't do it, but it's, it explained it on there. And then they drop the food off at the pickup table. You walk up, you get it, you have food. You can also bring food in. I saw people who had like went to the outlet mall, grabbed some Domino's pizza or something. And they, uh, they brought, they brought the food in and ate it there. It was really, really good. 
Uh, it's just a great setup. So that was my, my week in beer. Also, I found what I think is the best beer to introduce non-craft beer drinkers to craft beer. Uh, it was Von Ebert's Clubhouse Lager. I had that this weekend. Oh my God. It was the smoothest, lightest, easiest drinking beer I think I've had in a long time. And I've been kind of trending a little bit more towards those beers just to kind of try them out and see what mm-hmm. I like. That one, for me, far and away the best one I've had. That Clubhouse Lager. Fantastic job, Von Ebert. Fantastic. Uh, my week in beer isn't that exciting. I've been kind of, I've been, I've been slow at the game lately for a myriad of reasons. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend this week in beer giving shout out to those of you that have reached out to us uh, on Instagram. Uh, uh, Tony, beer nerd Tony, who we'll get to you later, um, <laughs> reached out and said, okay, so I know what I'm drinking all week and sent us a picture in a glass, a really cool looking John's Marketplace glass of the infamous Wander Jack IPA from Breakside, which you and I have both had now. Yep. And- Whew. It you take is, that first sip and you're like, oh my God. It is that beer is so damn good. And this has this has nothing to do with the fact that I work at Breakside or used to work at Breakside, but it could have everything to do with the fact that I wor- used to work at Breakside. Wanderjack IPA might be, in my opinion, pound for pound the best IPA I've ever had. Wow. That's a huge statement to make. It's a little higher on the ABV than I would like, which is why I tend to like lean a little more towards like a Wanderlust or a volatile substance. Um, and it's a little more full body than say a volatile substance, but there is just something about the hop character in that beer and the mouthfeel of that beer. The bitterness finishes perfectly. It is just absolutely phenomenal. Was that made with Barley Browns again? Uh, or, or did they just keep the I, recipe and I, keep making it? I think it? they collabed on it at first and I, I, I know Ben and Tyler are really good buddies, so I wouldn't be shocked if they keep talking about it. Um, and just trying to improve it. But I, I just, if you're, if you listen to this podcast and you're an IPA drinker, go get a Wanderjack. It might not be your favorite IPA ever, but there is no denying that that beer is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. And then, and then another thing, uh, you know, we, I, I try not to talk about him too much because I've got a big man crush on him, but, uh, but RJ popped in and was basically just kind of saying, you know, uh, listen to last week's pod. Clearly, my picks from the day before show where I'm at. He sent a picture of three different Chuckanuts, a Heater Allen, an El Segundo, an Occidental. Um, just kind of saying, hit the IPA wall is definitely where I am, but nothing negative. Just been more motivated to expand my horizons. Um, so he's been really getting into the Northwest style Pilsners right now. So that was really cool. Not I think because, I think he's officially moving to the coast now. Too. Yeah, he's officially there. So shout out to the coast and RJ, and I hope everything went went well. He did give a shout out to a Petite Fury Session IPA from Von Ebert. Okay, which uh, obviously piques my interest very much. So, so I'm I'm looking forward to to give that a shot. And then a little throwback from the past. Um, our good friend John Moody he sent us a picture and was talking about how Deschutes finally re released Twilight Summer Ale. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that one. Yep he he just he sent me a picture of it, and so glad they brought this back. Been three years I think since they did the last batch. I always liked that beer a lot. And I responded, "Oh, I love that beer. Still tasting good." He said, "Still tasting good, especially on these warm sun, these warm evenings. Not as much bitterness as I remember, but it has been three years since they released it. Um, I don't drink a ton of Deschutes beers these days, but hearing that from from a P one that." communicates with us a lot and hasn't really ever steered us in the wrong direction uh i am looking forward to uh i might even 
go full on and grab like a 12 pack and just dive into it. Might as well, right? Yeah, I got a good buddy. That's his favorite beer of all time. Not the biggest beer drinker in the world, but that's his favorite beer of it all time. It is a very drinkable beer for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into the interactive tasting room. Uh, we are going to split this up. We're going to do three beers in this segment and then two beers in the following segment, as well as I think we're going to tag on the end of that, the beer of the week. Or do you want to do three full segments? Doesn't matter to me. You're the producer. All right. We'll do three full segments on cool. that one. Um, we have a very special beer of the week. Thanks yes. to beer nerd Tony, who yes. we said, we'll get to you later. <laughs> uh, we you have, just sit tight there, buckaroo. We'll get we'll get to you later. We'll we'll, we'll have a good beer of the week for that. But, and in theory, uh, we do need to take a break going into the final two because... Our glasses are going to be needing clean. Buckle up, buttercup. I took some chances this week. Yes, you did. We've talked about hype beer. Well, <laughs> that's coming up. I'm looking at a whole COVID wall with nothing on that wall that represents what we're going to drink. And I figured it's about damn time. And yep. Taylor, I will take a picture of it, but you just wait your turn too. Yes. He's waiting till the wall is finished. We're almost there. It's going to be a couple months, but it's, we're almost there. Just be patient, okay? Be patient. All right. First beer is uh, a beer that I picked up this weekend and did not get to in the fridge, so I figured I'd bring it in for... Interactive tasting room and uh, hope that it is tasting good. It is Foreland, who I've had a couple of beers from. We've talked about. This is the Alpina or Alpina Pills. And it says, appearance, bright, clear straw, character, floral, herbal, citrus, a continental beer built on quality European malt and hops. Alpina Pills is a highly quaffable, dry hopped Pilsner, perfect for dreaming about sitting in an Italian. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was canned on... May 20th, 2021. So we're about a month old on this. I figured for a Pilsner, a month old should be doable. Totally. Um, so anyway, you've taken a couple sips. What do you what do you think so far? Um well, I haven't had Foreland beer in a while. Um, some of the Foreland stuff I've enjoyed, and some of it I kind of have not really enjoyed. It's been hit or miss for me as well. A couple of their IPAs I've not liked. Yeah. A couple of their Pilsners I think have been fantastic, which is why I saw this one. And gave it a try. I had they did a collab, Pilsner, uh, Ex Novo with Ex Novo. That was very. You really good. liked that one. It I don't the, think I ever end up having it. No, it was the one that had like the little lemon squeezes on it. Yeah, that was really tasty. Um, you did that as part of your blind tasting, uh, but oh, it was just one of those where we had so many beers. How do yeah, you, yeah, how yeah. Do you pick and choose. Um, and then uh, their original Pilsner they released was really good. Uh, the first IPA they had, I think, had some diacinol in it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I had another one that was didn't have any sort of off flavors, but was just not my favorite. Uh, so, so yeah, I just figured I'd take a shot on this one. Well, homeboy Todd, shout out to Todd. He said he went down to Foreland a couple weeks ago, and beers that he had tasted that weren't as great in the can, he said were phenomenal on draft. Interesting. He said when he went down there to McMinnville, every beer he tasted or had was great. So, which led us to, I, I was with my buddy Quinn as well, and we were having this conversation, it just goes to show that there are so many variables into the packaging process, and that that is a topic I would like to get to at some point on this podcast, bring somebody in. I, I know some people that we could bring in and chat with. Talk with, like, craft canning yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. That there are some factors in the canning process that are a little out of your control as a brewer that can create issues 
to the finished product. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to hear him say that when he went down there, everything tasted great. Even beers he'd had in cans that he didn't care for thought on draft tasted great. Okay. So welcome to my world. Now I have to go to Foreland in McMinnville. Well, we've been saying for over a year that we should do an episode down there, and uh-huh. we still haven't done it. So. Well, and then COVID hit, and you know, because I want to be able to go to Heater Allen. I know their tap room's closed. Mm-hmm. Um, quick shout out to Lisa Allen. Get better, girl. We all got your back. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to get down to McMinnville and do stuff like that. Um, this this is an Italian Pilsner. Is that what they call it, right? It's, I don't know. It's an Alpina Pilsner. Uh, yeah, Alpina is Alpina Pils is the name of it, it on said, the back. It says Italian-style okay. Pilsner. Yeah. There, there is this weird kind of lemony bitterness to this on the back end that I am not really digging. It's got this weird kind of skunky bite to it it's like very tart yeah yeah that i'm kind of not really into it's funny at first when i took a sip i thought it was oxidization because it was so tart Mm -hmm. and but as i've taken more sips of it that it's not the oxidized flavor it's just really really lemony um and the description says herbal floral and citrusy um, I believe it is the herbs and the citrus that are overpowering at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it does say dry hopped. I do get a good dry hopped character at the back end of the palate. The hops come through in this a lot. I just kind of feel like there's the initial sip is very startling and then it kind of mellows itself out. So, yeah, I, it's one of those where I don't know if I love this beer. It's one of those where maybe because we've seen some canning issues with them, maybe it's just one of those that something happened in canning or honestly, it could just be it's not my type of beer. I don't know. But uh not exactly what I was expecting, I suppose. Well, I think... And, Especially because I've grown to like the Italian-style mm-hmm. Pilsner a lot. And that's that's where I was going with this. And w- I think we talked about this last week a little bit. There is an aspect of these styles, quote-unquote, that aren't fully flushed-out styles. Um, and I think, you know, Italian Pilsner falls into that. And so, I'm, I'm not saying... By by any means am I bashing breweries that make the style or breweries that, that aren't making or anything. I'm just talking about the style in general. I think because this style hasn't been fully fleshed out, I know a brewery that made an Italian Pilsner. And I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was fine. And I talked with the head brewer, and he basically told me that they hate the Italian malt that they got for the Pilsner. Interesting. And so they made a second batch pulled the Italian malt out and went back to German malts into it, but made it in an Italian style, and it is 10 times better. So maybe, oh, that's interesting. So the malt could be at fault. Yeah, so I think what a lot of it could be is this style, as it's growing and and budding and people are experimenting, there's still a lot of room for growth, and if there's a lot of room for growth, I still think there's a lot of room for error. I'm not saying this beer is an error. I'm just saying... Whether it's finding the right ingredients, like raw mats, like raw materials for this beer, you feel like it has to be so centralized, you know, that it has to be, you know, it ha- oh, to be Italian style, it has to be Italian malts, it has to be Italian hops. I don't think that's necessarily true. You know, you could make you can make an Irish dry stout without using Irish ingredients, correct? Yeah, of and course. I think this might be one of those same things that unless you can pinpoint the specific Italian raw materials you need, it might be just a flavor profile you're shooting for. Yeah. I think the thing about this, you talked about the overly lemon lemony thing. I think it's almost like lemon peel 
Mm. If you've ever yeah. like, because it's got so much bitterness. Yeah. To if it. you've ever like bitten into a lemon. Which is always a terrible idea, but you taste the peel as well as like the kind of. I got a six-year-old at home that bites into lemons and lime. She's a weirdo. <laughs> it's like you get you get the kind of tartness from the lemon, but the peel has such an extra bitterness to it. Mm. That's I think what it's coming from. Mm. Is, Makes sense. Is the peel like the rind sort of thing or a zest? Yep. Like maybe if you zested limes in it, that could give that sort of feeling to it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd be interested to go to Foreland and try some of the beers that I've had there that have not been as good in, in cans and see how they taste there. It's amazing how how much stuff could go wrong when you're when you're canning beers. Well, I think that's something we learned from the pandemic when everyone rushed to can their stuff, and now everybody's canning everything. We might there might be the revolution of getting back into tap rooms and drinking on draft, and hell, maybe growlers come back. I I really hope no, not. No, growlers should not come back. I really hope not, but maybe they could because I think we're really now starting to see the power that draft has over packaging. It's just so many variables in packaging. That reminds me quickly before we go to the next beer at Top Wire, they had a crowler machine for all the beers that they had on draft, mm-hmm. and they had a fridge of a ton of beers that you could buy. So, so it was, like a little mini bottle shop, one-stop shop. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Shout out to those guys. And my I got a, I got a buddy, Jared, down there who does like some marketing stuff for them. And, and he, he's, an, he's an old school 10-barrel guy and he's just a great old friend of mine. And I wish them nothing but the best. All right. Well, let's get into beer number two. This is a brewery that I gave a lot of love to. I saw it fresh. I saw it said new product. And I went... Mike Lynch. Many months ago. I actually have not had one from them in a little while. I think I did a... Also was thinking the same. I did the... uh, I burned out a little bit in two months. Also, they kind of released a bunch of new ones and then didn't for a while. We have a cold fire beer in front of us for beer number two. This is a pale ale. It is called Little Hop Slice, which is an indie batch. And uh, on their little indie batches, they don't really have any details on the beer. So uh, I guess we'll see what we get on this one. But it's a pale ale, so I figured I'd throw it out there. I mean, I'm always going to be looking for pale ales in the summer, low ABV stuff. And Cold Fire has been hitting at like an 80% clip for me, so that's pretty spectacular. Almost every new indie batch beer I try from them, I'm like, well, this is really good. <laughs> this is really good. It's really funny is on the back of this can, it says, Cold Fire Brewing can, 16 full ounces, alternate realities India pale ale on the side. But in the front, it says, little hop slice pale ale, 5.9%. That's, that's weird. Yeah, I'm sure somebody just missed it. <laughs> uh, well, but, I, but I'm really into this, and there's something... I know I talk about this frequently, but there's something really cool that I do love what Cold Fire is doing right now is their branding. The branding is on point, you know, just like Foreland, like the cans all kind of look the same, but have different color schemes and things like that. And I'm really into that because it helps. I think it just helps it pop at a store. If you find a brewery that you really like, like take to shoots, for example, all their labels have a common theme to them. And 10 barrels the same way. Like, if you find a brewery that you like, say Cold Fire, for example, Foreland, for example, you can walk into a store and be like, oh, what's that Foreland? Oh, I don't know that color scheme. And just grab and be like, oh, I'm going to try this. Yeah, I do that all the time. I think Barrelick beers look, you know, look, their labels all look the same. I know Ben makes, Parsons makes all the labels for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Double Mountain, all their stuff kind of looks similar. And I think that's that's a cool route to go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of sipping this beer, I just took a sip there while you were uh, chit-chatting. This one is very, very nice. Uh, it gives me that citrus that I was looking for in the Foreland beer without being quite as bitter. So I'm kind of getting like this, this like sweet, almost, I think it's like tangerine Like, not an orange, but kind of in the same category. Mm. It's kind of giving me a little bit of that fruit flavor, and it's a pale ale, so it's not quite as bitter. It's a, it's a, It's a really good beer. I'm also getting... 
I'm also getting some dankness in this, some resinous character. Yeah, I, I am too. I wonder... <laughs> Is it the IPA? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Because I definitely think it's pale ale. It's It's got a really good malt backbone to it. Yeah. I wonder you, if there's New Zealand hops in this. In fact, I'm going to look it up. Because, certainly could be. Because um, I'm getting that kind of, that, that, that dank, earthy, kind of, you know, touch vegetal, but not in a bad way, sort of. The right kind of vegetal? Yeah, petrol-y kind of southern hemisphere. Like so cheese on your broccoli, the right kind of vegetable. Ooh, baby. Although I like broccoli by itself, too. I'm a weirdo like that. Do you, do you get any sort of like the uh, orangey, tangerine totally, nectarine totally. citrus? Totally. Whatever flavor you want to com- compare to it? Clementine? Yeah. With, uh, without a doubt. Um, there's, you know, there's that little citrusy kind of action to it. It's, all, it's both at the front end I get it, and then at the way back end, it kind of bursts itself up a little bit. All right, I'm looking. Once the dankness fades, mm-hmm. you get the little, uh, little orange burst again, and the can is orange. And the can is orange. Which is my favorite color. Really? Well, I went to Syracuse, so it changed, yes. Oh, what's funny is it's my favorite color, too, but it has always been my favorite color. Yeah, my favorite color was purple for a long time, and then I went to Syracuse, and I had every piece of clothing had orange in it because, well, that's the team. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I grew to really like the color because not a lot of people find that color fun, and I always loved it, so uh, I just uh, decided to switch to orange. Dear Untapped, why are you the worst website? You're not going to find it, are you? No, I don't think so. That's okay. If you guys find out what this beer is, we can't do it while we're talking. But uh, yeah, I mean, I looked on their website and they didn't have anything on the website from it. So it's okay. It's okay. But uh, freshly canned, you said. There's no day, but it was. It said new product, which usually means at least at at the most thirty days old. For new product for them at least the one i go to it's like new product and it's like okay so they got it recently uh, i like it i like it a lot yeah and this is this is where i'm gonna be all summer i like I'm, that it's also got a bit of bitterness even though it's a pale mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i'm gonna be right here all summer if i can get anywhere from five percent to six three in my hoppy stuff that's where i'm gonna live and i think you know to rj's point and you know i think taylor mentioned this as well and you know i've i talked about this couple couple times recently as well I think that's a little bit of where my hoppy beer wall has kind of hit is that, you know, we were, I was just raving about how much I love that Wanderjack, but it's 7.1%. And I don't, I don't have a problem with 7.1% IPAs. I think the problem for me or the issue that I have is that there's just too many of them. And it, it's, it's now getting harder to find lower ABV IPAs still being true IPAs that I feel a little defeated before I even start. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess that's true. I'm not seeing as many sessionable IPAs anymore. I think it's almost as if the palate has changed to consider 6.5 and up to be sessionable. And then you're like, because there's yeah, so many six of, to seven percent. Oh, a low ABV IPA. Well, because you're, you're like, thinking uh, about like the imperial hazies that go mm-hmm. up there, or you know, you get double IPAs, and you're like, that's a, which are really popular right now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's like the 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 classic IPA is like that's sessionable, whereas to you, you're still in the old <laughs> to school. Me, I'm like rainbows and unicorns is a sessionable IPA at like five point three percent, baby. <laughs> Ripping pale ale. Let's go. Man, I got Cold Fires just kills it with most of these beers, though. 
I wish they weren't all the way in Eugene. Where they could own, own like a tap house up here or something. Yeah, well, one of these days we're going to have to get our booties down there because I think we've been, you know, preaching these guys for a while now that, I mean, didn't you pick them as your most improved brewery? I did. Yeah. I did. So um, we're definitely going to have to reach out and give a shout out to the Cold Fire Kids and, and head down and say what's up. Plus, the Eugene beer scene, I see what we get up here. I have no idea what it's like down there. Mm -hmm. You know, like I want to get to the beer stein down there. That's that's a bottle shop. That's kind of one of their big tap house bottle shops down there. Like I really want to check that. I follow them on Instagram, not just on the Beers and Us account, but on my own account because I, I need them in my algorithm to remind myself, oh, next time you're in Gene, you got to go there. Next time you're in Eugene, you got to go there. Maybe the next time Wazoo plays in Eugene, uh, I'll go I'll go to that football game and, and swing by the tap room. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, third beer and the final one for this little first segment here. Remember, the next two beers that we're going to be doing, you're not going to want to miss. Right? Guaranteed. So we're going to wrap up this first little segment here with a West Coast IPA, and then all bets are off. And then buckle up, buttercup. Buckle up, buttercup. Also for beer of the week, too, because it's uh, it'll be special for Patrick. <laughs> Which is, hopefully, my palate is not just absolutely destroyed oh, by the it time will we be. get there. It will be. But uh, maybe it'll be a nice cleanser for you. So, so this was another one that you that you had. Whew, I almost knocked my entire beer over. Yeah, I saw this on the shelf and almost solely bought it because of the can art. Well, and we've I have, got we've got another one coming down the line that I bought solely for the can art. I don't know this brewery. Um, I think I've heard of them, but I don't think I've had beer from them unless you've brought one in before. So I honestly just bought it for the can art. I have no idea if it's going to be any good. Second profession brewing. Which out of is, Portland, Oregon. They're in Portland. Portland, Oregon. Where are they? 6.3%. I don't know. I'll look it up in a second. I'll look it up. 6.3%. Uh, one half of the can. It's it's basically a mirrored image. One half is gray. The other half is yellow. And this beer is called Draft Punk. Where the R is small, it looks like Daft Punk. It's a play on Daft Punk. R.I.P. to the newly retired... Uh, great electronica pioneers that were Daft Punk. Um, by the way, they're not, on Sandy and 59th. By the way, not my style of music. Yeah. Really good band. Yeah, I'm not a huge like techno y kind of guy. I their their newer stuff isn't they you know they definitely cashed in in their later years, but their early stuff is really really cool. I mean, it's at least for my age, you're a little bit older than me, but you're in the same generation mm -hmm. basically. Is like that was, they're such party songs mm -hmm. and they're all catchy and you can dance to them all. And I love the concept of you don't know who we are and we just make music. The absolute best thing they did, in my opinion, was the Tron Legacy soundtrack. Yes, it's so good. It is so, so, they're actually in that movie too. It is so good. And how Disney, of all companies, Disney thought, you know what we should do for the soundtrack? For Tron, the sequel? Because I love the first Tron. I thought the second one was okay. I like the first one a lot. Uh, I still haven't actually seen the first one. Oh, dude, it's so 80s magic. I very much enjoyed the second one. I oh. thought it was a cool story. If you enjoyed the second one, dude, you will love the first one. Plus, it's 80s special effects, <laughs> like coup de gras, legendary, legendary S, okay? Uh, for them to think like, oh, yeah, we should get Daft Punk to do this, like... I'm, I'm I'm impressed. It's so I'm good. Impressed. That's that's a little more mainstream than I expected. Disney. No, no. I should say that's a little more like edgy, edgy for Disney to choose that. So <laughs> Daft Punk is edgy, but so still for Disney, that. yes. So we got a West Coast IPA, IPA here, six point three percent, sixty three IBUs, 
that's kind of all it's got. Um, it is, I can't, oh, 6-1. So it's the day before my birthday. There you go. Canned on June 1st, and it says Robot Rocks. <laughs> so they're on Sandy, Northeast Sandy and 59th. That makes sense, man. I don't go past 42nd. <laughs> That's a very limited breach, uh, you know, range of your city, but yes. Hey, man, I live in North Portland for a reason. Yep. Everything I need is right there. There you go. So uh, I actually, I really, I've seen them on the shelves, but this is my first time having their beer. I'll be curious to see how it goes. It's it's always interesting when you have a West Coast IPA from a brewery you haven't had before to see whether or not it matches what you think a West Coast IPA should be or not. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always into trying new breweries. I always want to support stuff because, like I said, kind of like the IPA wall, I can I've I've hit something you know, and so I'm constantly looking for new stuff, and so anytime a new brewery is going to come around and give me something, I'm really into that. Like I want to try because, you know, I wouldn't have found. I remember the first time I ever had Rippin. Yeah, you know, and I know I talk about that beer a lot, but the first time I ever had Rippin, I looked at it, I was like Sun River Brewing. What, that hoity-toity resort wannabe place south of Bend? This brewery can't be any good. <laughs> Tasted and was like, holy God. The amount of times you've had your judgments ripped apart at the seams that you yeah. still judge things like that is very, like, you're very stubborn with that sometimes. I know, I know. It's like, how Hoity-toity many... resort town. <laughs> Man, that beer is great. I'm still going to think that's a hoity-toity resort <laughs> town, though. Man, how many times can you be wrong and still think the same thing? <laughs> um, I think this I think this beer is really rough. I, yeah. I think this beer has some massive issues to it. There's an off flavor for sure. And I, I, I just, I don't think this beer has a, a complete thought around what it's trying to do well there is an off flavor in there i'm not sure what it is i think i think it just doesn't taste very good disappointing i could could take another taste if i wanted i took a second sip um there are some qualities something in the nose i don't really like yeah there are qualities towards the back end of the sip that i think are are good or at least savable but the entire first part of the sip is is definitely rough you know what it reminds me of Mm. reminds me of homebrew well, there, if they're a newer brewery, it might very well be a homebrew place that just started canning. You know, I get this like, I get this really like alcohol burn on the back end. Um, like sometimes when I drink some homebrew, I get this like kerosene gasoline flavor in it, and it's not like a it's not like a diesel petrol, you know, Southern Hemisphere hop thing. It it is an alcohol thing that is just really unpleasant. And I don't know what causes that. I would love to get a home brewer in and, you know, a successful home brewer and talk to them about how, you know, how that process works and what well, that can be created from. We could bring the Brewery 26 guys back on. They went from yeah. home brewing to opening up their yeah, own place. That, so. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Great Notion guys were home brewers. That's true. They just home brewed on their block. And now they're, you know, one of the trendiest breweries on the West Coast. So I don't know what it is, but I will say there is a good bitterness at the back end that sits there. Mm-hmm. The off flavor doesn't stay in your mouth. It's in there and then it kind of goes away, but there is, there is an off flavor and the nose is not great, but they do, they do achieve a kind of West coast bitterness at the back end. So at least there's something in there that I would say is, uh, is, is good. It is called second profession. <laughs> Maybe you should make this your first. Give a little extra. I don't know. 
All right. Get a little heave ho into it. Well, uh, if you guys had this, apologies if you uh, did not enjoy it. But uh, and if you did enjoy it, please tell me why. Yes. Yeah. Please, please. I do desperately want to know what am I missing? Is it is this a hop character? Is this a malt character that I just don't agree with? That doesn't sit on my palate well. Or that's is it, fine. Or are you getting off flavors as well? Yeah. Yeah. Because I like I like you mentioned, Mike. You're totally right. You and I have known each other for long enough. And we've been doing this specifically for long enough that you know that, for lack of better terms, I can be an asshole. And so, if if that is the case right now, I know we don't like to swear, and I try not to, but I felt that was deserved as I self-deprecate, uh, or self-defecate, whichever one you want to choose. <laughs> um, this could be one of those instances. But but to me, I, I, I think this beer really misses the spot yeah it does for me as well so let us know what you think instagram.com slash beers and us quick break we're gonna come back with well here we go baby the first time either of us have tried this style and yeah i don't think i've ever had one and then the second beer will be one that i've had before i don't think you've ever had one of these either um, I like. I feel I've had little iterations. I kind of know what I'm getting into we've talked about trendy beers we've talked about how we don't vibe with the styles but we also haven't necessarily tasted at least one of those styles. I mean, I'm scared. I was scared when I first grabbed it, and now I'm just like, let's go, baby. I'm scared. You should be too. But if it's anything like the athletic non-alcoholic beer episode, you might enjoy it quite a bit. <laughs> because, man, we got lots of great reactions for us dying during that episode. <laughs> That's next. This is Interactive Tasting Room on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right, it is time for the first time that either of us have had what has currently become the most trendy, one of the most trendy beers. Oh my God. One of the most trendy styles of beers in the country. We are having ourselves a smoothie sour. This thing is so thick. It is a deep purple. And it looks like a smoothie, which is, I guess, the point. I've never heard of this brewery before. It is like... Company um, Values is the name of this beer by Corporate Ladder Brewing Company. I don't know where it is. I don't think it said on the can. Wanakee, Wisconsin. Uh, okay, so it's Wisconsin. I've noticed Wisconsin's kind of getting in on the trendy beer scene a lot, too. Yeah, well, it's like that, that upper Midwest. Drecker's out of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. These guys are out of Wisconsin. Uh, it, it, I, I really like the, the can. Oh, it's awesome. Overcoming. It's like this, this, uh, hand sketch of somebody climbing a mountain with a flag on them and the whole can is just white. And yep. then the etching is in black. Uh, this has marshmallow in it. Raspberry, blackberry, marshmallow, fruited smoothie, sour. It is 6.2%. Our company is focused on overcoming obstacles, Obstacles such as packing as much fruit and flavor into this sour as possible. We hope you overcome your thirst with this smoothie sour conditioned on raspberry and blackberry puree and marshmallows. I'm scared. You should be scared. Look at this thing. This thing pours thicker than like a bourbon barrel aged stout. You ever seen some of those where you like you crack one and it comes out and it looks like mud? Yep. But you're kind of like, oh yeah. That's what you want. Yeah, you're like, this is gonna be a beast. I'm this, way into this. This looks like it has literal pulp in it, mm -hmm. if you look at it. 
It almost looks like it's got little pieces of the puree kind of floating to the top as well. Well, what kind of interests with me interests me about this style. And um, if is that any, how could this be beer? <laughs> is well because it's fermentable grains and sugars, and there's probably some trace of hops in it. Um, but what interests me, and I haven't had a lot of these, so if you listen and you are into these into these styles, please let me know because I, I want to learn. I always think these beers aren't that tart. To where I think of like a kettle sour, like a Karina peach sour from Ecliptic or passion fruit sour from Breakside. Um, not barrel aged, but just your traditional kettle sours. Those are tart. Those are really tart and acidic. Not not overly, but they definitely have a presence. And in some of these, like when I smell this, I get a ton of fruit. Yeah, I don't get any but tart I don't at all. get I don't really smell any acidity or tartness to it. Yeah. You ready? <sighs> All right, I'll go first. No, no, no. We'll go together. One, two, three. Again, I get no tartness. A little bit at the end. But I get like fruit tartness. Like what you get when you eat a raspberry. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Oh, wow. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Oh, wow. Flavors. This is not bad. This is not beer. This, this isn't is, bad. This is when I get when I was a kid and thought I was super badass for getting non-alcoholic strawberry daiquiris. Yeah. This is when you go to Hawaii or the Caribbean and you're sitting at the pool at a resort and you order a pina colada or whatever else other mixed drink you want to get. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting outside and it's like the hottest summer day ever this weekend and you don't want beer... You would drink this. But see, I don't know if that's, I don't know if I follow you on that. Um, I mean, I follow everything you say, but a hot day, this is really thick for a hot day. That's true. It does not give you the kind of like slurpy slushy feeling. Yeah, if it was like a 72 and sunny day and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. It's just very reminiscent of that kind of a place to me. Sure. Because of the flavors. Because I would rather, I'd rather get down on like a Stiegel Rattler. Mm -hmm. You know, on a hot, hot summer Boy, day. I cannot do Rattlers. Um, <laughs> but that still, to me, tastes like beer. And, and That's the thing. This doesn't taste bad. Which no, is, it doesn't taste which, bad at all. Which is, I think it's good that we've tried it, because we can understand a little bit more why this has become popular. Do you get that marshmallow creaminess in the I back? Do. Yeah, big I time. Do. Big time. In the, the finish. That's it, why I was like, wow, flavors. It, it's because it tastes good, but it's not beer. Even they say a, a sour... I get maybe the slightest hint of a kettle sour action going on mm -hmm. at the back end. And, and I just think the tartness is just coming from the puree. But it's like, it it bothers me that they sell it as beer, but I get it, I guess. So then let me ask Do you. Do I get it? <clears throat> I think I get it. <laughs> so then let me ask you this question. Do you think culturally. I hate how it looks. Though. <laughs> I really hate how it looks too. I like how it smells. Do you Do you think culturally that. And this could be definitely a regional thing. So we'll just take our region specifically. Because I see people buying this stuff left and right. I see people drinking this stuff left and right. Do you think culturally the concept of drinking beer has a weight of that it is so cool that people that don't like beer want to say they're drinking beer by drinking something like this? I think so. I don't know if it's to that level, uh -huh. but I think what it is is that 
the craft beer scene and breweries and tap houses have become, especially for our generation, mm-hmm. such big meeting places that more of a social thing. If you go, and this is across the country now because there's so many places that um, that have good craft beer and are, are trying to kind of get into the craft beer scene, is that people want to go to these places. They've got good outdoor seating, good food. They're good food. Their friends who like beer want to drink there. And I think that's where it comes from where people don't want to have beer because they don't like it, but they want to go to those places. And a lot of them will have maybe one non-beer option outside of like soda. Mm-hmm. Like I know some people will do margaritas or some people or they will... get a cider or a seltzer. Right. And but do you think that people aren't do you think that people are hesitant to order the wine or the seltzer or the cider or even a mixed cocktail because they want to be in the beer drinking vibe? I think so. Oh, yeah. It's so wild. I think, so I think it's a person it's like if you don't like beer then get yourself whatever the hell you want. But I think it's grown into that. Hmm. Which is what I think in in some cases, it's it's craft beer's fault because of latching on to the Instagram ability of certain beer has created a bit of that feeling around it. Hmm. Because all of a sudden, <clears> it's <throat> not just friends going to get a beer. It's, oh, I'm going to post this on Instagram, and I'm going to get likes for this. I see, I see, I see. And it's almost as if, like, partially that's craft beer's fault for building beers for Instagram, but then it's turned into a bigger monster than craft beer maybe wanted it to be in some cases to where they're like, oh, well, if these people want to drink our beer, but they don't like IPAs, they don't like hops, they don't like dark beer, what are we going to do? Smoothie sours. Yeah. It's basically a daiquiri, but sort of a beer. And like, it doesn't taste like beer, which is why the non-beer drinker will like it. Because hmm. that does not taste like beer. No, no, it doesn't. It it, it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't look like beer, doesn't smell like beer, doesn't taste like beer. I'm sure it is fermented like beer. Yeah, I think that's interesting, and I think for me, I'm just kind of like, if you're not into it, you're not into it. Mm-hmm. Let's just go somewhere, you know, I can go to Von Ebert and you can get a cocktail if you well, want. Well, I do think, too, because we live in Portland, craft beer's been going on here for so long now in comparison to the rest of the country that you're going to see both, mm-hmm. right? Like, so many people here have been drinking craft beer since they've been able to drink, so it's not a cool thing. It's like, this is our option. Yeah. Uh, but in other parts of the country where it's, craft beer has become, like, trendy. Mm-hmm. So when you open up a brewery in a town that maybe has one or less, maybe it's the first brewery in town. Yeah. And you've got this really modern place, exposed ceilings, great food, good yeah. music, your outdoor setup's pristine. All of a sudden, everyone in our generation, especially in our generation, I think, maybe even younger too now, you know, in their 20s is like, that's the place to be. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. And if that's the place to be, doesn't have stuff for sorority girls who don't drink beer, they're not going to want to be there or they're going to feel left out. So you kind of got to, I know that's super generalized, but just, you know, that's kind of the picture I have in my head of the person who I've met that doesn't like beer is mm-hmm. that kind of person who is like a wine drinker in a sorority. And you make something for them. They, and what do they do? They put it on social media. They promote it. Oh, I found this beer that I finally like of something I've never liked before. Mm-hmm. And look at this. It's like a smoothie. Oh, I should try that. I don't like beer either. Climbs up the ladder of Boom. popularity, and there you go. You got a trendy beer. 
And here we go. And then everybody likes beer. And it started at Hazy's because Hazy's weren't bitter. Right. They were softer, juicier. But the hop character was still there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even just like the hop flavor, right? They're yeah. like, whatever that flavor in beer is, I don't like it. It's hops. And a bunch of people, yeah, they, a bunch of people like you were alluding to there associate hops with all the negative things they don't like about beer. They, yep. they associate hops with bitterness. They associate hops with that beer flavor. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. That's kind of how I feel about it. So surprisingly, I don't dislike it. Uh, I just don't think it's beer. It's just that simple. It's I love the way it smells. Yeah. Hate the way it looks, and it tastes fine. I don't think the marshmallow is necessary. I'll just say that. I don't think the marshmallow is necessary in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, I just took a smell of the next one. Yeah, Holy crap! Beer number five comes from Mason Ale Works. I've heard of them. Um, out of San Diego County, San Marcos, San Diego County, California. This beer is called "You're My Only Hope." It has R two D two on R2-D2 it. R two D two giving and, a giving what looks to be like a um, dandelion to a fire hydrant <laughs> out of love, and this is an imperial pastry stout with chocolate and strawberries. So another trendy beer is the pastry stouts with chocolate and fruit, which is what drew me to it. Not just, I mean, the label is dope. And I'm a Star Wars nerd, so that's why I got on it. But the chocolate with strawberries, because mm-hmm. we had the herd mentality from uh, from uh, Sun, Sun River. River, which is Cocoa Cow, with which had some raspberries, which I really enjoyed. I uh, I tried a beer uh, a couple weeks ago that was a Imperial Stout with raspberries. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the brewery, but it was tasty. It had a good uh, it had a good like uh, fruit bite in it that I enjoyed. But the pastry stout is when you're bringing in the milk sugar. And the lactose, well, I guess that's probably the same thing, um, and making it extra sweet and desserty, which again is why it became a trendy beer, because it's like dessert in a glass, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really taste like beer. Mm-hmm. I've tried a couple of pastry stouts because stouts are my favorite style, right? But they go so far off the deep end of a stout and into overly sweet dessert territory that it's so hard to drink more than like half of a glass of one. Or in if in your case probably more than like three sips because it's so overpowering. I took a smell of this and I went, oh, it was so sweet. Do you try it? Not yet, but it was very very sweet. Um, I have I have tried this beer. Um, the most craziest thing about this beer is this beer is thirteen percent. What? Yeah, that's what it says on the can. Thirteen percent. Okay. This beer is too much for me. It's too much for me. This beer I, is too I get much the strawberry, for me. I get the strawberries. I get the chocolate. You know what this tastes like to me? It doesn't taste like beer. Nope. It tastes like chocolate syrup. Yeah. With cherry, like, with like a maraschino cherry on top. Yeah, it's really like... It's like very glowingly. I took one sip and I feel like my lips are never going to be the same. Yeah. And it has a really strong toffee flavor at the end. Like toffee candy. Mm-hmm. So it's like chocolate and cherry off the top. It feels like literal chocolate syrup moving down mm-hmm. and um, moving down your throat. And then you get like some toffee flavor. This is too much. It's just too much. 13%. It's too much. I mean, if you, I feel like I could have like a dinner party and pour like two ounces of this for each person. And everybody be like, sip it like a cappuccino mm-hmm. everybody be like wow you're so fancy patrick this is such a great port wine <laughs> except it's a pastry except stuff it's a 13 percent quote-unquote beer so i think what we're learning here from trying both these beers 
is the reason that these have become popular is that they don't they taste, don't taste like, like beer. beer. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not even, this is dessert in a glass and that's a smoothie. I'd rather drink, I'd rather drink a full pint of cider. I'd rather drink the smoothie sour than the pastry stout. Whoa. Seriously. Sierra Nevada pale ale. It's twice in one episode. Now you're just doing it to... I thought it ran its course here, and now you're just bringing it back twice. I'm just trying to piss you off. The The smoothie sour tastes good. It's just not beer. Yeah. This tastes bad, and it's not beer. Yeah, and... But I'm glad we tried it. Yes. It had to happen, and it's happened. And if you can find me a pastry stout or a fruited smoothie sour that tastes like beer, send them my way, and I'll drink them. Yeah. I'll try them. Give them a try. Yeah. No shame. God. I'll try anything. Holy cow. All right. Well, we got Beer of the Week next. It is a gift from uh, Beer Nerd Tony, one of our P1s. So excited. And this is a beer I've wanted Patrick to try since I've met him. I was surprised he never had it, and now he will get to try it. He might not like it, but he's going to try it, and that's all that matters. That's next. Beers on us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time! Here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. That cracks like a Bud Light. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, I didn't the, really the, notice the sound, it. No. The, way, the way it felt, the way it sounded, I was like, that sounds like a Bud Light. So this is one of the very first craft beers I ever had. This is one that I've talked about with Patrick many times. This is, as we've discovered on this podcast, the oldest brewery in America it's the largest independent craft brewery in America. Are they the oldest? Yes, they are the Since oldest. 1829. Holy S. This is Yingling. Beer Nerd Tony dropped this off at the station for us. A Yingling traditional lager in a little short boy can. And that will be our beer of the week today. I've had this beer many a times. I've had kegs of this beer at parties. <laughs> this was this was like my fancy college beer was Yingling. Yeah. Because in the Northeast, it's very popular. I'm so excited to put this on the wall. Um, I don't know if you're going to like it. Oh, it's, I'm probably going to hate it. But uh, I'm glad that you get a chance to try it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It, it, it It's one of those things, you know, like I've had Labatt's. I've had Kokanee. I've had, you know, Molson. I've had... You know, PBR, Montucky, Olympia, Hams, like all the domestic like loggers, the domestic beers that, you know, the mass produced stuff. I've had all of them. Genesee. You ever had Genesee? Of course. You know, like I've had I all went to school in Syracuse, old German, you know, yeah. old German, you know, like I've had all this stuff. For some reason, Yingling has escaped me for 36 years of my life. Well, uh, Genesee has a great cream ale. Very, very good classic cream ale right, from Genesee. Right, I think uh, Darren told us about that out at Pelican. Well, I went to Syracuse. We, we, we were, but when we were talking about yeah, Kawanda yeah, yeah. and cream and stuff like that. So Genesee is, is uh, that's a central New York, like I think it's like a river or a region, or there's a town called Geneseo. Which is funny, uh, there's a town in Idaho called Genesee. And it's like near, it's in between Moscow and Lewiston. And every time I drive by, I'm like, oh, like with a beer. No. It's like, no, not at all. That's central upstate New York. Um, We had a street called Genesee in Syracuse. So I've had their cream ale before. But this, my friend, this was my introduction to craft beer. This (laughs) craft beer. I mean, it is technically traditional lager, original amber beer. That's already a contradiction. (laughs) (laughs) Ambers are ales. Don't you know that? Although amber lager would probably be way more up my alley. I'd be probably way more interested in those amber sweetness characteristics in a lager body than an ale body, because an ale body is just too much. And Patrick, I took a sip. It's still good, man. I still like this beer. I don't know if it's the nostalgia. 
I don't know if it's the easy drinking aspect of it. I don't know if it's the malt body of it, which is maybe why I like malt so much is because Yingling was the first craft beer I had. This is not, this is a good beer. This is still a good drinkable beer. On the back end, it tastes like candy. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that like toffiness to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it tastes like candy. Mm-hmm. I love the mouthfeel. Like smooth. I just, and this probably could be because I had this imperial pastry. 13% thing in my mouth mm-hmm. but i like normally when we're taking when we're taking sips from beers i take like a little sip and put some in my mouth and let it sit there and then swallow it that's what she said this i just pulled it i just ripped it just was like oh yeah let me take a taste of this it's a good beer i'm happy i can see why people like this i mean it's, it's definitely too much for me in the sense of drinking a 12 ounce can of american lager i can't find its abv Probably very low. How do you not have the ABV on here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, this beer's good. I'm into this. <clears throat> I'm into this. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd be buying twelve packs and racks of of Yingling, um, just because of the sweetness level. I haven't purchased a Yingling in many years, <clears throat> but uh... but I could see myself maybe you know in a cabin after I've had six IPAs, being like, give me one of those Yinglings. I'll take one of those. I'm cold. It's a it's like a reset beer, right? Yeah, yeah I'm kind of into this. I'm glad that yeah. makes me happy. I was worried that you would be like, "Nope." Now someone says, "You ever had a Yingling?" I'll be like, "Yeah, I have." I know. Oh, what'd you think? I was like, "That was a pretty drinkable bad. beer, man." Not bad. Yeah, not a bad drinky, easy to drink beer. I, I wouldn't like even, I, you know, lots of times when I say, "Hey, it's not bad. It's not great. Not bad though." I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Just. I would just say this beer's not bad. Solid beer. Solid beer. Solid beer. Yingling, huh? Thank you, Tony, for allowing Patrick to finally try the glory that is in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Yep. The original amber beer. All right. I got to run. Uh, I uh, I got to go do my other job, and we're at like eight minutes away from it. So yeah! uh, I'll edit this Don't and we'll worry, post I'll this. clean up again. Yeah, I clean up for you. <laughs> um, all right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, next week. As, as long as the plan stays, we haven't found the time yet. Beep it will beep be beep our beep second beep episode of Pelican. Beep 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 Not sure which location we're going to yet, but uh, it will be... Canna Beach, Canna Beach, Beach. It'll be episode two next week. Uh, it will drop on Thursday at four o'clock. Let us know what you think. Uh, Instagram.com slash beers on us about the beers that we tried. I if you tried smoothie you. sours for the first time, let us know. I better hear you. I better hear a bunch of you come at me about these beers. Just tell me anything. I just want to know anything. Let us know what you're drinking. Let us know how you, what, or what your palate's saying to you. All right. Uh, let us know. Subscribe, rate, review, download. It helps. And uh, we'll see you next week. Catharsis.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 